0: Rising Above a Toxic Workplace, The Five Languages of Appreciation
1: in the Workplace, The Vibrant Workplace, Sink or Swim. When it comes to the workplace, there are thousands of books out there on leadership and management, but few authors have hit the trifecta in my world. <laughs> Three books. That I love, and all three of them significant and impactful. Today, we're visiting with Dr. Paul White and his wife, Kathy, in Wichita, Kansas. Dr. White is a noted author, speaker, psychologist, and yes, an all-around nice guy. Today, we'll get into the inside scoop of what he's really like, and when he's not writing books, what he's really like. We all know that behind every great man of God is an incredible woman of God, so getting to know Kathy, his wife, will also be fun. You're in for a fun hour today as we do the whole Dorothy thing and fly across Kansas City, Kansas with a pit stop in Wichita. Welcome Dr. Paul White and Kathy to the iWorkframe Radio Show.
2: So we were talking about all the these four books that well, why don't you um, listen uh, a Yeah, we should. We haven't even done that yet. Um, okay, so in order is it this one this one first. Okay, so The 5 Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace right. and then Rising Above Toxic a place. toxic workplace uh-huh. and then sink or swim and that's s y n c right. so like you're sinking your phone you know that for our young people they know how to sink right yep. and the vibrant workplace so as these were being written Kathy did you were you involved in any of the behind the scenes or were you did you just keep life going in the home while he was delving into his papers I mostly ran the home, but um, I tend to do his first initial edits, so everything he writes, then he would pass by me, and I would say, this is a really important point to emphasize, Mm -hmm. Uh, I really like this thought, or this needs some work, or whatever, so that was kind of my input, Um,
1: but all the ideas are his. How did you get this relationship with Dr. Gary Chapman? Where, Paul, where did that come from?
3: It came from the fact that Kathy and I were working through, reading and working through the five love languages ourselves mm-hmm. and finding them really helpful. And so I was consulting with uh, different families and businesses and had the experience of working with one father and son in North Carolina. Talked to the dad and said, you know, how's this transition going? He said, it's going great. My son's stepping up. I think it's going to be fine. I go across the hall and ask the son the same question. And he says, this is a disaster. It's never going to work. I can't ever please my dad. And so I just saw the the possibility of, you know, maybe applying the five love languages in work. And so actually it took me a year to get through to Dr. Chapman. He had a a very nice, gracious Southern bulldog receptionist that was (laughs) tough to get through. (laughs) And uh, so finally uh, we met up and um, I pitched him the idea. And he had already had 20 years, so more other people uh, pitched the idea of applying the five languages, love languages to work. Um, But... Um the fact that I was a psychologist, had sort of a relational background. I was working in and with businesses that was different. Both of us are Wheaton College grads, and that helped some. Mm-hmm. And and um, I actually – he was not interested in writing a book at that point in time, but he was. Uh, I pitched the idea about uh, creating this online assessment, which mm-hmm. we developed a motivating by appreciation inventory. And so I started working on that and then created – training materials and started using it with different non-for-profits and uh, friends, small businesses and so forth. And then he told me to go ahead and start writing the book. So I did that and that took a year or so, about nine months, I think. And then he reviewed it. So it, w- it was a process. He's a great man. He's hes generous. He's gracious. I think he's sort of the consummate gentleman in, a, in mm, the true sense of the word. Yes. Neat. And uh, it's just it been a, a real... Blessing to to be able to work with him.
1: I love the five languages of appreciation in the market, in the workplace. Love that. But rising above a toxic workplace really spoke to me. And I know it speaks to a lot of people out there because there's so many toxic workplaces, no matter what the organization is. Right. So that was one that, that was like, if I were to say you're my favorite, but that's, you know, that's hard because there's so Well, I think that
2: one of the keys to that, Jim, is that there's, you know, they have different purposes. Yes, And it's really like, okay, if I want to avoid. Being the cause of a toxic workplace. Right. What can I do to improve the workplace? And then, you know, go to the five, lo- the five languages of appreciation in the workplace. And I hope after the um, break, we're going to talk about what those resources really are and how- who can really use them because it doesn't have to be the top of the Absolutely organization not. in right. order to really get this to be a part of your culture.
1: So a middle manager can bring these in and start making an impact. Absolutely why'd you write these books? I mean, what, what did you see that made you write your first book? Well, so the first one was the five languages of appreciation in the
3: workplace. And so obviously the five love languages have been incredibly impactful to millions of Mm -hmm. couples, um, over the years and saw that, you know, I think the principles could work uh, and we, you know, have to change them up a little bit. And so we, Dr. Chapman and I felt like appreciation was the sort of the core concept there. And so, I'm all about making things practical and helping people, you know, live better and um, not just theory and so forth. So, you know, I started using the, the five languages in workplaces and developing training materials in this assessment tool. And it just seemed to be a need, you know, that people want to be valued and appreciated. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's sort of the workplace equivalent of being loved. We want to feel like we're significant. And so when we do something, when we create or, you know, put something of ourselves into our work, we want to know that it's valued, not just Mm -hmm. by ourselves. Yeah, we have to, you know, sort of sometimes just do it because it's what we should do. But eventually you'd like to know that somebody else values it as well. And so that's sort of where it came from. And it seemed to really strike a chord, especially as – In the workplace, there was a lot of focus on employee recognition programs, yeah, and they just really haven't worked. To be honest, (laughs) I mean, they work okay when you're focusing on performance, and you know, sort of supporting and encouraging performance. But we're more than just work units. We're more than just you know a number. We're not a machine. Yeah, we're not just a production unit. And Mm -hmm. so, um, but a lot of businesses lost side of that and managers and, you know, we're looking at the financials and what this, you know, department or units doing. And so really calling it back to, Hey, these are people. And not only are they people at work, they're people outside of work and they have lives uh, that impact work and they have skills and abilities that you can value, even if they're a low performer. And that's, it's been an interesting journey to learn about, think about and understand uh, that people want to feel valued for who they are. And uh, one way to do that is to, to communicate in the way that's important to them. And it's, I think that's the other part is that not everybody wants a compliment or some kind of verbal praise that we found that actually had over 140,000 people take
1: our inventory. Oh my goodness, that's a ton.
3: Yeah, and and less than 50% value words. So that means more than 50% of your employees don't really want a compliment they want something else and we need to help get that message out
1: why use the word love or appreciation versus love i mean you have five love languages why you have to reinvent it well you know (laughs) love
3: in the workplace is a difficult concept Uh, you know i think for those of us that are followers of christ we can love and care for but as we've seen in our culture You know, things get sexualized and, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not looking to create personal love relationships at work. We're looking to help people feel valued, and we just felt like appreciation was a better way to go.
2: I can appreciate that. Exactly. So, <laughs> I think that I would like to hear, and let our listeners hear, before we move on to the other books, what goes along with this book? Because you were saying that online there's kits, there's the MBA inventory. Right. Um, let's talk about that for a minute.
1: Sure. The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace, that's the book we're talking about first. Yes. All right. Yeah. So-
3: if you go to com, mm-hmm. you'll see that there's sections about the books and there's audiobooks, and it's in 16 languages now, oh so my. Spanish and Fantastic. Chinese. Knowledge. So you can use it, um, you know, cross culturally and so forth. We then uh, created the inventory, and when you buy a book, uh, a code for taking the inventory, and it takes about 15 minutes, and it identifies your Uh, primary language of appreciation, your secondary, your least valued one, which is your blind spot. It's one that you don't care about, Mm. but you have people around you that have that. And then we can create uh, a group profile for your team so that people know how to show appreciation to one another. And that's one of the lessons we've learned over time is we initially, we really focused on managers and supervisors. But we found is that people, first of all, want to know how to encourage their colleagues, because when somebody's having a bad day, who knows first it's. The person that's sitting next to him, is right. not necessarily a supervisor. And secondly, um, we found that it's really powerful when colleagues and coworkers learn how to encourage and show appreciation, as well as top down, and that it just really it it makes it sing, and it, it it's cool the way that works, and it empowers people to be able to not have to wait for their supervisor to get it. You know, mm-hmm. you can start where you are with a couple right. of colleagues the other part about language is appreciation that's a little bit different is we found that there are different actions within the language that are uh, make a difference and so like quality time some people do want time with their supervisor i've had some Often shy or gal say, Mm -hmm. no, thanks, my supervisor is pretty intense, but I like to hang out with my colleagues. Ah. And so after in the inventory, after identifying your primary language, you go back and identify the specific actions within that uh, language and also from whom you want that. So you may want to hang out and watch sports with your team, but you're not going to invite your supervisor. Mm -hmm. And so it allows to get really specific. So you're not guessing and you can hit the mark. What
1: kind of impact are you seeing? I mean, give me, give me, pick one example of of you brought this into an organization and this was the transformation that happened.
3: The coolest one that I just love is a mining company out of South Dakota. Hmm. Now you wouldn't think about miners and quarry workers and, you know, truck drivers, but they uh, brought me in and I did a a leadership training, a half day leadership training for uh, all their managers and supervisors. And then they uh, had, I think five or six of their uh, people to. Go through our course and then they over the past year and a half have gone out and taken everyone in their organization through this um, and done you know the the studies and sort of applying it and have people take the inventory so they know uh, one another's uh, language of appreciation and I had a call with them uh, the COO uh, who uh, told me he said you know when this was first brought to me I just was not a fan I was not excited. He said, I am your number one fan. Now he said, because now when we even have exit interviews that people leave for whatever reason, most often the one thing that they say that really they loved about the company was going through the appreciation work training and finding out both how they were encouraged and how others were. And he said it's transformed our culture. And, in fact, I mean, they. what I love is when a company takes it on and sort of, you know, chews on it and figures out and and creates something unique. Well, they have little, we have icons, little symbols for each of the languages. Well, they had stickers made for their hard hats. For their hard hats. Uh, to, oh, to fabulous. And so just, it, it's, it's fun to hear that kind of thing. And, and that they, I mean, Yes, we did it. Yes, we provided, it. but they took ownership of it and drove it. And the leadership, the management, provided the resources to to help make the training
1: happen. So, uh, it's it's been fun. Thank you. After you wrote The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace, what book came next? So actually, the Toxic Workplace
3: came next because as I was out speaking and training, people had breaks and afterwards would come up and tell me nasty stories about you know their workplace or what a jerk their boss was. And I'm like, okay. But it just kept coming. It was waves and waves. And so then we, we have a number of, you know, we've got 120,000 people on our newsletter list and we, we'll use it to get polls. And we sent it out and said, hey- tell us about toxic workplaces and, you know, and so we got just hundreds and hundreds of responses and sort of called that as well as followed up and interviewed a number. And that's sort of what happened because Mm -hmm. it was just such a huge felt need that and unfortunately, it still is i mean there's just a lot of nasty workplaces out there
1: yeah. well, and it seems like the you know the industrial revolution brought about workplaces that obviously unions had to come into place in mm-hmm. order to be able to provide protections and people it went we went from this agrarian economy to an industrial economy where people just became a number instead of significant, and we 're kind of making that swing back where people are figuring out businesses that really focus on people, the heart of the people, right. then all of a sudden those businesses are succeeding to a level that business hasn't succeeded. I mean, and you're on the wave of that. You're, you started the wave of that. This is this languages of appreciation in the workplace gives managers, leaders, owners, the ability to actually see their people for who God created them to be.
3: Right. Well, you know, the financial crisis that happened in 2008, 2009, I think was evidence of capitalism without a biblical worldview mm. leads to greed. <laughs> and and that's the same thing in businesses. If you focus solely on making a profit, then you will wind up basically, um, you know, just using people as resources and not treating them as people. And so right. – um, we 've got to have a call back to that not not everybody obviously comes from a Christian worldview in in our culture today mm-hmm. but there are a number of people that understand the need to value people um, and 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 lots of times, you know, they're more unfortunately more receptive than some Christian leaders, which I'm still trying to figure out.
1: So Rising Above a Toxic Workplace describes toxic workplaces, how people should respond to it, and sometimes they just have to leave. But the Vibrant Workplace talks about what does it look like Mm -hmm. when you actually put all this stuff into practice. Talk about that book.
3: Well, that really was the culmination of working in this area for 10 years and seeing what works well for organizations what doesn't what are the sort of common repetitive barriers and so i identified sort of 10 common obstacles and that's the that's the the subtitle of the book of it's overcoming uh, the obstacles to building a culture of appreciation mm-hmm. and i guess a point i want to make is that this is not for i mean it can be used by top level leaders but really it's about just Plain employees supervisors managers it doesn't really matter where your position is you can make a difference and i think to me that's an important Mm. point like even in a toxic workplace it's not only not you don't want to create it but how do you survive one Mm -hmm. and and you can survive it now depending how bad it is and where you are i mean it can be tough and sometimes you have to leave but lots of times it just takes a few people to work together and you can at least make a, an area of health within your organization. And I think most organizations overall aren't toxic, but there's usually like little spots or there's, departments, there's <laughs> toxic people. Yeah, right. and, and then and little areas around them. And so the Vibrant Workplace talks about, okay, how do you do this? How do you try to help uh, create a more positive workplace if the management just doesn't get it? You know, is there anything you can do? And yes, there is. Mm-hmm. What about when supervisors sort of push back and say, you know, why should I have to tell my people thanks for doing their work? You know, or what? how am I supposed to show appreciation when I don't feel valued? Um, the issue of busyness, the issue of a negative, just overall negative workplace, uh, inauthenticity as far as, you know, uh, employee recognition programs just feel really not genuine. Mm-hmm. How do you get past that? How do you get past the issue of, People who are difficult to appreciate, you know, not everybody is as nice as we are, you know. <laughs> it's always somebody else too, right? So, you know, and and cross-cultural issues, difficult settings. I mean, what if you work in a setting where you're actually supervising people on a different shift? How do
1: you deal with that? You know, and or different cultures. You've been listening to I Work for Him with your host Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately I, I work, work for, for him. him.
0: Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at iWorkForHim.com. Stay connected and receive Power Pack content when you sign up for our blog at iWorkForHim.com or follow us on social media at iWorkForHim. And finally... If today's message inspired you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review helps launch more workplace missionaries across the nation. That's at IWorkForHim and online, IWorkForHim.com.